You're listening to GDA Podcast, powered by GDA Speakers, now available on iTunes and all other podcast platforms with new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. GDA Podcast showcases insightful conversations from the best thought leaders, educators, policy experts, motivators, and storytellers on the keynote speaking circuit today. Want today's guest at your next event? Call GDA Speakers at 214-420-1999 or visit gdaspeakers.com. And now, here's this episode of GDA Podcast with hosts Scale and Kyle Davis. Enjoy. Okay, so with us on the iTunes bonus, we have uh, Dan Walshman, and we're going to talk about the perception of effort, and he has a funny little tale. So with that, Dan, take it away. So one of the things we talk about when it comes to running or you know making radical change, which is what we've just spent 45 minutes talking about, is this idea of like how hard things are. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, it's so hard. Well, it's only hard if you think it is. So for example, my, my grandfather, who retired and became a, a millionaire, drove a train. For him, working a hundred hour week was like what you do. You just we we you just do those things, and you provide for your family and whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. In sports, we have this idea of perception of effort, which is really as you think about something, so it becomes really. And you know, you've heard the quote: whether you think you're right or you're wrong, you're right. You know, but this is really in a deep, deep physiological sense. We know the brain says. If you think something is is real, then it actually becomes real for you. Which is why if you hang around negative people, you we, we won't beat that up. Anyways, so I, I was running this hundred mile race again through the mountains of Alabama, not a place you want to get lost. And uh, I have a picture of me at like mile forty one, forty two. We're looking out over this mountain. Someone else took a picture. We're like smiling. Probably ten or fifteen miles later, I am like thinking, "What am I doing? Like it, I, it is all time to be out of here. I, I want to be home. It's ridiculous." Um, to, you know, this is way too hard. And so I'm jogging along, just thinking like, make it another mile, make it another mile, make it to the next aid station, get done with this thing, go home. I'm rounding this curve, probably 60, 70 miles in. And this tiny little girl who's ahead of me, I grab her and like, we're on a trail that's like looking down the side of a cliff. I grab her literally by two arms and put her behind me. And I said, Oh, look, there's a bear. In the, like in the, right on the trail, this is a single track trail, which means like you have room for like your front foot and your back foot this way, not like side by side and run in front of each other. And it goes up on one side and goes down on the other. And I'm like, there's a bear right in the middle of the trail. I'm freaking out. And she looks at me and she gives me this look, like a very, like a chick who like, just gives you like complete look of disgust. Mm -hmm. Like, don't touch me. Don't look at me. Who are you? That sort of thing. I don't know. This may not happen much to you, but uh, unfortunately to a guy like me, you know, this is sort of look. Uh, but she gives me this look of disgust. And she, I said, look, there's a bear. We got to get out of here. She looks around the corner. I look around the corner. She looks around the corner. And she's like, Dan, that's not a bear. That's a stump. Sure enough. I'm like, I mean, like, like this is the middle of the afternoon too. So I can't even blame it on the fact that it's the evening. I'm I, what I saw, and I literally grabbed her. I mean, like physically moved, like picked her up and moved her. I, what I thought I saw was a bear, and really all of it, all it was was my perception was this thing was tough. You know, I, I wanted to quit. I, I was all done. Um, you know, I've trained sixteen thousand. I've run almost sixteen thousand miles in the last few years. Uh, on roads and trails. And I mean, you just do the math of averaging 70 or 80 miles divided by however many weeks. But 
my perception was this was really tough. It was really bad. And what's funny is real. Like coincidentally, I saw this bear. There was no bear. There's no bear. And of course, we trolloped our way to 25, 30 more miles, finished out the day. And I think what many people and businesses don't understand is if you if you're freaked out, if you're working from a position of fear, you're going to have people who all they see is fear. All they feel is fear and chaos and panic rather than feeling the sense of like possibility, the sense of like conquest and domination. And I just think it's one of those things that we we should bear, uh, you know, a few minutes to think about. By the way, I'll, I'll add one thing. I'm always adding one thing. But if you if you compare what you're doing in your personal life or your professional life to sports, it really makes a fun analogy. You know, so if you talk about perception of effort to someone who's training to win the NBA playoffs, you know, there's probably not enough effort or time of the day that you could practice or focus to accomplish that goal. You're all in on it. But yet when it comes to our goals, whatever it is, personal or professional, we, we kind of set these limits like, oh, that's too much. Or that's, you know, I can't do that. That's outside the boundaries. But if we applied it to any, any sporting event at all, pick your favorite event from rugby to kite flying. I mean, whatever it is, usually there's no limit to what you would do to achieve that success. And I think the exact same thing needs to apply here is if you think it's too much, maybe your goal is too small. Maybe you need a bigger goal so that you'll rise to the occasion to achieve it. Yeah, I think uh, I think having the ability to to see past kind of what the the normal barriers of entry, if you will, um, having something that that no one's done or you haven't really even thought about allows you to not put up kind of like those blockers. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, and and then people say often to me because I'm I'm mildly energetic. You know, from, I mean mildly, mildly, yeah. mildly. It's like if you go to Taco Bell and like, would you like fiery, hot, or mild? Mm-hmm. I'm that I'm that tiny little pack. I'm safe. You're, yeah, super safe. Tiny little bits of energy just dripped on you throughout the day. No explosion of, of radical uh, charisma. Anyways, uh, but people say to me, how do you stay motivated? I'm like, how could I not stay motivated? My dreams are big. Like I, I, I'm depressed right now that I'm not further along in my conquest of greatness. I, I want so much for myself. I see people who have small goals and small meanings to life and small purpose. And they're like, well, I'm trying to find motivation. You, what you need is bigger goals and bigger purpose and put yourself in this position where like everything is so big. I mean, we're in the place for, you know, everything is bigger in Texas, uh, where every, you, you have to achieve more because it's the only thing you can think about. And it's really, it's really that option. Either I go big or I don't go at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I can think of even pr- in my personal life, I think of just simple tasks uh, and maybe it's, and the easy excuse would be, it's because I have crazy ADHD, which is true, but shiny, shiny did I just distract you? Yeah. yeah shiny. You that and the squirrel running across yeah. the, the background did it nice. too. But it, the, the easy things are the ch- things that are challenging. It's the challenging things that are easy, which is like totally counterintuitive, counterintuitive, but it's true. By, by the way, speaking of shiny, I'm noticing this ginormous mug over here. Is that is that early ice? Is there ice inside there? Unbelievable! That's I want to buy that. Where can I find? Is that an Amazon thing or a Crate and Barrel? We'll have to. We'll, we'll have figure to, it out. We'll, we'll have to get. Well, you're in Texas. We'll have to get you a Yeti. It. Oh, is that yeah. not the best? Like, yeah. if you need your beverage chilled for like seven days in a row, that is the place I for got it. Like four of them in the truck right now. Incredible. So I think the purpose of this episode, the moral of the story is if you don't have a Yeti, what is wrong with your life that you yes. have gotten to this point of depravity? Just you know? drink cold water and it'll come. Uh, That's right. It'll come Splash true. a little on your face. Yeah. Uh, take the cold bath. Cold bath. Oh, have you ever done cryotherapy? Uh, no. And that's actually something that I want to do, but I did like a modified version with the cold bath. 
Cold death, yeah. I've tried. Uh, there's a guy named Wim Hof. Yeah, the Wim Hof method. Yes. We talked listen, about this, but no one else was talking about it. Listen, <laughs> we you. need to right. get in the same room and ex- make a ex- real podcast ex- about yeah. awesome people. Explain the, explain the Wim Hof method for people who don't know. So it's all about like radical change to your body. Like in this cold, it, it rejuvenates all your cells. I mean, talk about high performer. Like this guy can sit on a block of ice for like three hours. He can swim under the water. And it's, it's he can hold his breath for like 10 minutes. They put poison in his body. Like, I'm not even gay, but if he was here, he would be my lover. I mean, right. that's how amazing this is. Awesome. I mean, this guy's amazing. I don't even know. He's probably like right now going, what did I do to my life <laughs> to have weird guys in Texas say these crude things about me? But he's an amazing guy who has learned how to control um, how his body functions using cold. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we could talk about it, but there's a breathing technique, but it's associated with the cold. And yeah. he's what he's allowed himself to do is basically just slow his entire body down. So now he can like. You can do crazy things. Uh, like I said, I think he holds his, he can hold his breath like ten minutes, yeah. which is which is ridiculous. That's but. like David Blaine, sort of awesome. By the way, that's another guy. I mean, like, I know we're way off the topic. Well, we'll have to start our own podcast. I see your mom shaking your head disapprovingly at us. <laughs> I, it's either like what, why, like uh, you, you that's where you have to flip the switch so you that get the, two fiery people. Unbelievable. In here and you're ready to go. All unbelievable. right, cool. Well, hey, uh, look, if you want to book Dan Walshmit, you can do so by contacting GDA Speakers again. The number is two one four four two zero one nine nine nine. The website's gdaspeakers Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of GDA Podcast, powered by GDA Speakers. If you're interested in booking today's guest, visit GDA Speakers at gdaspeakers.com or call 214-420-1999. Visit gdapodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date and be informed of new episodes, blog posts, and more. Be sure to follow GDA Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at GDA Podcast, as well as Facebook at facebook.com slash GDA Podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned for more from GDA Podcast and GDA Speakers.